1: A possible message from the future is recorded live on a local radio station. A woman in the middle of a drug-fueled delusion makes a horrible decision. Then we take a look at a bizarre story of a man who claims he was abducted by aliens while in his bedroom. But deeper questions are raised during his story. Because as he's trying to outrun his alien adversaries, he has an encounter with something even more frightening. And it may answer the question, what happens to us after we die? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, so we're going to slide right into this. First off, let's give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, Diamond. Diamond, thank you so much for supporting the show. Really, really helps out a lot. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help get the word out about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. I'm taking a hot, it's so hot in here. <laughs> it's so hot. Hopefully it's a nice, cool weekend. You guys are less hot than I am right now. First off, Diamond, let's go ahead and take that dead rabbit dirgeable. We're leaving behind America. We're headed down to Australia. This first segment is kind of short, but we've talked about, earlier in this week, even, about weird radio transmissions. And this one recently popped up. So we're bringing that dirigible down to Australia. There we're going to meet a young woman named Snack Quarius. That's not her real name. I don't think that's her real name. I, that's her TikTok handle, at least. So we're saying hi to Snack Aquarius. She's waving to us. And then she's like, shh, shh, shh. She's shushing us. And we all crowd into her car. Because on August 27th, 2020, so just a couple of days ago, really, as she was driving down the sunny, sunny street of Australia, there's just one street for the whole continent, she intercepts a transmission on her radio station. Now, before I play it, I'm going to let you know there is some cursing in this, so if you're listening to this at work, or if your grandma is walking by as you're listening to this, just be aware of that, but there is some cursing in this clip.
0: I hope it does it again am i fucking tripping right now Ah, oh, what is happening
1: so she recorded the from what i can tell from from and i i talked to her to get permission to play the clip and she was very nice she allowed me to do that but if we listen so thank you for that if you listen to it, it sound, the context sounds like it's played through at least once already. She was trying to see if the signal came back through. It was on channel 102.5 in the city that she's in. This video went viral on TikTok. She did a follow-up one. And one thing that makes me think that there's a couple reasons why I think it's not a gimmick or a fraud is that she did two videos on this and then she kind of went back. She normally does like comedy skits and things like that. So she did the two videos on it, and then she just kind of went back to doing her her thing. So it's not like she was making it up and she was keeping this myth going. I'd like to know more about it, but it didn't seem like it was something like, what was that, 2028 man, where it was like that was this whole thing was coming up with this gimmick. She had a ton of videos before this. They're just comedy skits. And then this one that she kind of intercepted this bizarre transmission. There's a lot of people on TikTok who were trying to interpret it, what it was saying. And this was one of the versions that we got. Let me play it for you one more time here. I hope it does it again.
0: Okay, this message. What the fuck is going the on? The time council. Tell them he's and to confirm me. Plus Am-, Am I fucking tripping right now?
1: Ah, oh, what is happening? And so one of the things that people said that that transmission may have been saying was For anyone listening to this message and is in contact with the Time Council, tell them he has escaped and... And then it kind of gets jumbled there. And then it ends with the phrase, I don't have much time. Someone else pointed out that it seems to have said, don't say anything more about the tragedies. 1065 or 2065, there's disagreement on that. Please hurry, I don't have much time. So some... There's a lot of different kind of things you can pick out of it, but definitely the time council thing pops up. Now, Snack Query has said, this is a classical music station, and the station had actually contacted her, and they were trying to figure out what it was. While other people on TikTok were saying that they, for whatever reason, this is a weird jump of logic, but they thought it was an escape room in the area. There, You know, escape rooms are those things where you get all your friends, you go in a room for an hour, and then you hate everyone's guts because you realize you can't work as a team. That's basically you pay $100 for the privilege of ruining friendships. Some people said that that could have interfered with this transmission. I'm not buying that. I don't know Australian law. But in American law, it is incredibly illegal to interfere with a broadcast. Uh, It costs a lot of money. Like you have licensing fees. You buy that frequency as a radio station or you lease it from the government. And when other people are interfering with that frequency, it's a, it's a massive federal crime. And I would imagine that would be the same thing in Australia. Otherwise, people would just constantly be interfering with radio stations and be like, I don't have to buy ad time. I'm just going to build this transmitter broadcast in the middle of Mozart being like, come on down I'll lose cars. I don't buy that explanation. If a local-themed escape room was able to broadcast over a radio station, they'd be in really big trouble for that, at least in America. And again, I'm assuming the same thing sure in Australia. So I don't think she's making it up, and I don't buy the escape room thing. So that's that story. I mean, it's fairly short. We just don't have enough information to go on. But it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. If Snack Aquarius was the only one who heard this transmission, I don't think she's faking it. So if Snaquarius was the only one who heard this transmission, it would make it seem more suspicious that it actually is a signal from the future. And for whatever reason, her car was in the right space in the space-time continuum. She was literally on Space Street and Time Boulevard when this signal was playing. If it was played to everyone who was listening to 102.5 at the time, that would be even weirder, because then you'd wonder why other people weren't reporting this, or are they? There's just a lot of questions to answer here. I think it's interesting, though, because a lot of times though we hear about mysterious broadcasts, we talked about the number stations before. This is one that just happened the other day. We don't know what they're saying. We don't know what they want. Who knows? I mean, again, it's a mystery. Who was broadcasting this? Why were they broadcasting it? Is it true? Does the Time Council need help? (laughs) with? I mean, actually, now that you think about it, you figure that the Time Council might have better microphones so they can actually leave messages. But if there's some sort of warping in that space-time bubble that apparently exists in Australia, then that could also account for the audio difficulties. (laughs) That's going to be my excuse now. People will be like, you mispronounced that word. I'm like, hey, time-space, bro. Time space. Let's wave goodbye to Snack Aquarius. We wave goodbye to her. We see the time council grabbing her. We're like, should we help her? Nah, nah, she can take care of herself. She's like, no, I can't. I can't. She's trying to entertain him with comedy skits. We, I'm sure she will do a good job keeping them distracted. We are going to leave behind Australia. Diamond, let's go ahead and hop in the Dead Rabbit rowboat. We're going to row all the way back to America. Everyone grab an oar where it's going to be a long time rowing. We're headed out to Anderson, South Carolina. It's February 6th, 2017. We get there. We're walking around Anderson. And there's like a railroad track. Chling, ling ling, 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 ling. <laughs> apparently Santa Claus. Apparently it's the Polar Express. Choo, choo. That was the noise I was trying to make. This is an old timey. Even though the story took place in 2017, there's a ghost train coming through. Toot, toot. Tickets, please. Kylie Murthhart. She's a 21-year-old girl. She's walking down the railroad tracks. Now, also nearby the railroad tracks is a homeless shelter. So if you ever ever wondering which side is the wrong side of the tracks, it's the side with the homeless shelter. And all these homeless people are kind of hanging outside, and they see Kaylee Murthart walking down the railroad track. And I didn't really think anything of it, right? But she's thinking of something. She had just smoked a bunch of meth. She'd actually been smoking meth quite compulsively for a while. And she's walking down the railroad track and she starts to go into full-blown meth psychosis. We get a, a real idea of what meth can do to the mind with this story. She's walking down the railroad tracks and she sees the light poles on the side of the street, the street lights. She's looking at one of them and then the light pole morphs into a dove flies off. She's like, oh no, I'm in the dark, ah! She doesn't actually, she has bigger problems, really. She just watched inanimate matter turn into a living creature, but I don't think she's scared of the dark at this point. She notices the trees lining the streets are kind of swaying in the breeze, and then they begin to curl downwards. Almost like when you light one of those little snakes on 4th of July. Not real snakes. What are those things called? I think they're just called snakes, but, you know, those little, like, uh, firecracker things that you light and they shrivel up that you're like jason i don't know you could have just said the trees curl downwards and now now i'm trying to remember what you're talking about you know like the sizzle snakes anyways it's like a tree curled downwards imagine if it melted there we go she's watching that the sky begins to turn dark not because the sun is setting this is apocalyptic dark she believed that she was watching the end of the world and she's walking, and she stops, and she realizes that she has been given a mission. Only she can save the world from ending. Now, the main chapel and Mercy Center, that's the homeless shelter. And you got a bunch of people, the reverends out there, be like, hey, guys, come inside. It's really cool inside. And they're like, ah, we're fine. It's just this, we kind of like being outside. And reverends like, yeah, it is kind of nice out here. <laughs> Wait, where'd that street light go? And everyone's like, huh? They see this young girl walking by the railroad tracks, and then they watch her fall to her knees and begin screaming. So the Reverend and the Homeless People, which is, the, which is an awesome name for a band, by the way, the Reverend and the Homeless People, they start running towards her. They see her, and she's screaming in pain, and as they get closer to her, they realize her fingers are in her eye sockets, and she pulls both of her eyeballs out. She's holding them in her hands and the reverend and the homeless people are trying to try try to get them out of her hands in the most gentle way possible. You can save an eyeball as long as it's attached. And even then I think they can probably work some sort of magic. Not literal magic, <laughs> scientific magic, but she's pulled both of her eyeballs out. She believes that the only way to stop the end of the world is to do this. And as the reverend And all those hobos are trying to wrestle her and get her grip off those eyeballs in the most gentle way possible. She squeezes both of her hands, destroying both eyes. Now fast forward to the year 2020. Uh, She has no eyes. There's no way to repair them once you squeeze them. But the reason why it came up in the news recently is because she has artificial eyes now. Now it's not like Geordie LaFord. She doesn't have like sci-fi vision. They're just not empty sockets anymore. So, because she got her artificial eyes, the media wanted to follow up. I don't remember this story happening at the time, but I'm sure it was a kind of a shocking news story. She actually says, listen, that w- I shouldn't have done that, obviously. Like, I was in the middle of meth-induced psychosis. I didn't need to destroy my eyeballs. But, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm learning Braille. I'm pretty good at Braille now. They actually had video of her, like, strumming along on a guitar. She goes, my boyfriend has been really helpful in this journey. And she goes, I want to help people not do meth. If my story keeps people from doing meth, which really, I think any meth story would keep someone from doing meth. But this one in particular, obviously she's like, I ruined, I ruined my eyeball. She doesn't say she ruined her life because she's actually doing quite good. Now she's clean and she's making the best go. Being blind is not a death sentence. I've had friends who have been blind, but I mean, it's not super fun, but it's also not the end of the world. So she goes, you know, hopefully people learn from my story. She had no trouble because she had no problem doing stuff in the media. She goes, I got these new eyeballs in, so now I don't have these just empty sockets. Everything seems to be going pretty good. So as horrible as the story is, it's always nice to see the person and not just surviving, but thriving. So that's the story of Kaylee. And yet another reason why you shouldn't do meth. I think we've covered quite a few on this show. But the idea of pulling your own eyeballs out, to me, is one of the most terrifying things. If someone else pulled my eyeballs out, I'd be like, is that all you got? And they're like, yes, I have this whole toolkit of torture weapons. I'm like, I can't see them, so whatever, bro. But me pulling my own eyeballs out, that is scary to me, right? I don't know why. I don't know why that's more scary to me. I would hate to pull my own eyeballs out. If someone's like, we're going to shoot you, don't pull your eyeballs out. I'm like, you didn't say please. It's this weird thing. If someone makes me do it or if someone else takes them out, I'm like, eh, whatever. I'll get some fake ones and be in Newsweek a couple years from now. But I don't know. It's just such this weird thing. Anyways, don't do meth. Hope that didn't ruin your meatball stew. What do you have meatballs and spaghetti and meatballs? I hope that didn't ruin your... Why did I say stew is the first thing with a meatball in it? Hope they didn't ruin your spaghetti and meatball. (laughs) You have a bread bowl in the shape of a human skull, and you have, like, spaghetti and meatballs. You're like, oh, I'm so hungry. I can't wait to eat this. I'm going to listen to that rap radio on Friday. Mm -mm, Sorry if I I ruined that meal that I just made up. Diamond, let's go ahead and fire up that carpenter copter. We got one more story to cover this episode. So let's say goodbye to Kylie. Let's say goodbye to the Reverend and the homeless people. They're starting up their jam band. They're just (laughs) banging on garbage cans. Playing homemade guitars. It sounds pretty good, actually. Well, we buy one of their CDs. They did start a jam band. where We'll listen to it for the rest of our journey. We are headed out to Rochester, New York. It's December 3rd, 1999. Helicopter is flying through the darkened sky surrounding New York City. It's 2.15 a.m. I got this story from ThinkAboutItDocs.com, and it was reported to them from the National UFO Reporting Center. So we don't have the name of the man in this story, but we will call him Nick. So as the Carpenter Copter is flying around Rochester, New York, Nick is getting ready for bed. He goes, man, I really like to fall asleep but there's a helicopter flying really low and they're playing music that I can only imagine homeless people would make. And there's like some guy singing Christian hymns and then I just hear the sounds of garbage cans getting turned over. We're playing it super loud. Nick though, finally buys some earplugs and he goes, time to go to bed. Now there are other people in the house. He's like, good night guys. They're like, good night. So he's not alone in his house, but he does go into his bedroom, gets ready for bed. After Nick goes into his bedroom, The rest of his buddies are kind of hanging out. They're digging to the homeless man music. They're like, oh, dude, this is really awesome. Turn it up. They yell into the night sky, and we oblige them. Other than that, other than that part of the story I made up, they hear from Nick's room a very loud commotion. They hear a bunch of noise coming from there. They don't check on him, okay? They don't check on him. They don't do anything. They just kind of sit there and hear a bunch of noise. That's, that's roommates for you, right? That's roommates for you. Hey man, what were you doing last night? It sounded like a bunch of dudes broke into your bedroom and like held you up at gunpoint. That's what happened, dude. Why didn't you do something about it? Uh, It was plain goldeneye, man. That's roommates for you. So from Nick's point of view, he walks into his bedroom and something kind of clicks in his head. He's looking around the room and it's his bedroom. But he can't shake the feeling that it just looks like his bedroom. That it's not really his bedroom. He says it looked like a hospital room disguised as his bedroom. And then his sister walks in the room. Hey, Nick, how you doing, man? Why don't you lay down on the bed? He's like, what? That's kind of weird. First off, what are you doing here? I don't think the sister lived with him, but what are you doing here? She's like, oh, nothing, you know, just doing that normal thing where I show up at 2.15 a.m., tell you to go to bed. Like I've always done, right? He's like, no, you've never done that before. This is super weird. He's talking to her and he realizes this isn't my sister. Looks like my sister, but it's not my sister. And as he's kind of processing this information, he's in a room that looks like his bedroom that's not his bedroom. He's talking to his sister, but he knows it's not his sister. His mom walks in, says, Nick, you need to lay in that bed. He lay in the bed, dude. He is like, okay, that's not my real mom either. Like, now definitely something's up, right? A hospital room disguised as your bedroom. Fake sister shows up. But when a fake mom shows up, that's a bridge too far. But what's he going to do? He's pretty much trapped at this point in a place that he should be his most comfortable in his bedroom. He looks at his bed and what he sees is a metallic hospital bed. And it had wires coming out of it. He walks over to the bed, and he puts his hand down on the bed and shocks him. So now he knows, listen, there's a bunch of weird stuff going on right now, but there's no way I'm getting in this bed. I don't care what my fake mom and my fake sister says. He runs out of the room. His bedroom now opens to a long, barren hallway, and he just begins to run down the hallway. And at that point, a man in a tight-fitting blue jumpsuit begins pursuing him. Now, it can easily be chalked up to some sort of weird dream, but the fact that the other people in the house heard the noises, heard commotion in his room, makes me think this is more than just a dream, makes me think that this did start off as some sort of physical alien abduction. In the moment he knows, in the moment when he's running down that hallway, he knows he's nowhere near his house. He's somewhere, but he's not near his house. He ends up <laughs> breaking through the doors. He's not the Kool-Aid man. They, they just, he just opens them, right? But just for dramatic purposes, he puts his shoulder to it. Plywood shatters across the street. He's running, down the, he's running down the street now. He's gotten out of this building that he was transported to. And then he sees a very creepy addition to this story. He sees his grandma outside the building. His grandma had passed away a couple of years ago. Even if she hadn't. it would still just be weird, right? Because she's in this area where he's been abducted. But the grandma isn't a fake grandma. What are you doing, Nick? Go back in and lay on the bed. She's not a fake grandma. That's his real grandma. Because as the man in the blue jumpsuit is gaining ground on Nick... Nick hears his grandma beg, please take me, take me instead, take me instead. Nick's just running down the street. This guy in this blue suit just keeps running, doesn't even listen to the grandma. Nick turns and looks, and he sees another man in a blue suit running, pursuing a woman trying to get away. And as he's watching that, he sees the man grab a hold of the woman and begin dragging her back into the facility. He realizes at this point, okay, I know about fight or flight. I'm trying to do the flight. It's not really working. This guy's catching up to me. He turns around and he gets ready to fight this guy head on. And when he turns around, he notices the guy in the blue suit is wearing a visor covering up most of his face, except for a creepy grin. (laughs) Spread across his face. I guess that makes it less creepy when I do my cartoon dog laugh. He sees a creepy grin, on the dude's face. He figures, you know, I could probably take this dude, what? He's maybe 180 pounds, six feet tall, whatever. You know, I could do some jujitsu moves, whatever. The dude in the blue suit with the creepy grin grabs Nick's genitals and lifts him off the ground as easily as a man picking up a jug of milk out of a fridge. He's like, whoa, whoa. There's a lot of ways you can lose a fight, but being lifted off the ground by your genitals might be the most embarrassing one. And this dude begins carrying him down the street by his junk, which at that point you just kind of give up, right? I mean, you might be able to knee the guy in the face, but you just got to give up (laughs) Right? because what are you gonna do he's gonna squeeze them until you lose Nick is thrown in the back of an o- <laughs> this is this whole story is weird and what I love about it is it progressively gets weirder we already had the grandma plea to take her grandson's place which makes me think was like is this where ghosts go right is this is this a version of hell or is he being pursued by demons does Everyone go to heaven or hell, except for grandmas. They get to hang out outside UFO abduction facilities. Her addition to the story is just creepy, and her begging to be taken into this facility. She's like, "Oh, oh, these are the aliens who grab people by the crotch, eh? Maybe I'll give me some of that action." Okay, sorry, sorry, next grandma. (laughs) Sorry for that, but you know what I mean. Like you have this idea of people dying and their ghosts not just kind of floating around some haunted castle but floating around outside a alien abduction facility trying to save their loved ones that's kind of spooky it's very spooky actually right then we have people being picked up by their genitals and carried around again bizarre detail number three you know those vans that you're supposed to stay away from that everyone unless you're a construction worker should not go anywhere near one of those white vans. Apparently, if they're orange, those creeper vans are actually UFOs. So Nick is thrown in the back of an orange creeper van. And he's like, "Ah, oh, dang it. I really like that crotch thing. I, guys, I might run away again. You guys want to catch me? And they're like, ugh. He's thrown in the back of this creeper van, and they shut the doors and stuff like that. And he turns around, and in the backseat of the creeper van, there's three kids. But not just three kids, because that's just a a creepy addition to the story. They're telepaths. He's in the back of the van. There's three telepath kids in there. And the van begins to fly away. Hmm. Now I know what you're thinking. Jason, he's obviously dreaming, right? He he ate a pickle before he went to bed. He's obviously dreaming. I don't know if he ate a pickle, but the van does fly away. He, I don't think he's dreaming. I, don't know. I mean, that's a more logical answer. But anyways, the orange van begins to fly away. And he looks out the window of the van and he sees the city below him. He says that it was just this beautiful city lit up. The van is flying away into the night sky. He begins trying to resist them. He starts trying to fight. His- I don't know why he waited until they were 30,000 feet in the air. He's like, now it's time to make my escape. He opens the door and jumps out. He starts fighting back. He gets electrocuted in the back of the head. That's a very common thing with alien abductions. I've lost count of the amount of stories where people are messing around with aliens. And the next thing they know, they get a shock stick to the base of the skull. So again, that's another detail. I mean, obviously it can be fake. The guy could be a big old UFO fan. Has a little pennant that says UFO on it. I don't know. That is a very common thing. He gets shocked in the back of the head. The next thing he knows, he's laying in a room. Probably the room he started off in, really. All of this could have been avoided had he just laid down. I'm not advising you to lay down on the bed if your fake relative shows up and tells you to. But he did burn a lot of calories and got picked up by his crotch and all sorts of stuff. He wakes up in a room, and he said it was filled with a reddish-orange light. He could barely see anything in this room. And he's laying on this metal bed. And then what he describes as a non-human creature crawls on top of him. Little hands on his body. The creature straddles him. And the creature begins purring. Brr. you like that noise this a this a s m r alien abduction story Brr. the alien starts purring as it's moving back and forth on his body. He starts to fight back right because this is gross this is super gross. you don't want anything non human purring on other than I think cats are fine. But this thing is obviously doing something super gross to him. So he starts fighting back. And the creature has, tries to hold his arms down. But he's like, no way, dude. And he ends up touching this creature's face. And he said it felt, I love this, inhuman. Right? <laughs> the fact that it was some sort of alien monster didn't clue him onto the fact that when he touched its face, he described it as in—he Of course. Dude, the other day I saw a rhino, dude. And then he like ran at me. And then I like touch his face. and You won't believe it, dude. It wasn't human. It didn't have... A hum- yeah, of course, dude. Also, how did you survive that? The point is, is that if you saw a monster, you're going to assume that you touch its skin, it's going to feel inhuman. But the creature's on top of him, and he hears it purring faster and faster. Brrrr going faster and faster he looks over and even though the room is red orange he can barely see anything he looks over and on the table next to him is someone else being held down by an inhuman shape <laughs> next thing he knows he's in his bedroom his real bedroom and he's standing there for a second and then all of a sudden he doubles over with horrible excruciating abdominal Pain. He can pronounce the word. Horrible, excruciating pain in his stomach. Oh, my abdominal. The roommates still don't check on him, right? They're like, oh, he ate a Taco Bell. This is totally fine. He's like, no, this isn't Taco Bell, you jerks. So it's an interesting story. Obviously, it could be totally made up, right? It could be totally made up. It could also be a dream. It's funny because... As I was reading it back to you, a couple of things made me think of something we've covered before. Capgross Delusion. I think that was the name of it. Where you see people, but you don't believe they're actually the people. You think your relatives have been placed with doppelgangers. So you had an element of that. This one had an inanimate... Version of it as well. he walked into his room. it was his room, but he didn't recognize it as his room. That's an odd detail, but his sister and his mom coming in, him not recognizing them. I think the creepiest detail outside of the being lifted up by your genitals, which is quite terrifying, which is a terrifying detail, is the grandma. We want to believe that when we pass away, we find peace. We want to believe in some sort of afterlife. And while that may be true in a reality where aliens are able to distort space and time. Where they're able to abduct people out of rooms, create clones, teleport people, create missing time, false memories. If an alien race had that level of technology, would it be possible for them to exist between reality and the afterlife? Is it possible that all these stories of being abducted onto alien spaceships, they're actually not on a physical spaceship as we would know it, but what... Religious scholars would describe as purgatory. A place where the rules don't apply, where time doesn't apply, where physics don't apply. There's been talk, it's actually a very popular theory, that aliens are actually demons. And this story kind of leans in that way. You have the deception, you have that trying to get permission from the person to do these things. Just lay on the bed. Obviously they have the technology to just put them on the bed. Because that's what they did in the end, but first they try to get him to do it willingly. And in this purgatory, you have not only shapeshifters, supernatural beings, but you have your own loved ones there as well, begging for your life. A human soul is everlasting, but so is an alien's curiosity about the human race. This grandma offered herself up to be experimented on. Those aliens took her up on that offer. So while Nick goes through life, he may remember that moment. Remember that time his grandmother offered herself up to save him. And think, Grandma, I know you're out there. You're looking down on me. I hope you found some peace. But what he doesn't realize is the only thing his grandma is looking at is the cold black eyes of her alien doctors. As they begin to run another test on her, a single tear drops. She thought she loved her grandson more than anything, but as the drill bit enters her head and they begin Experiment X-974, she realizes there are limits to a grandmother's love for her kids. She wished she had known that before she asked the aliens to take her instead. But I don't want to end it on a depressing ending. So we kick in the door. Purr on this. Start shooting on aliens. Like, I don't even get the reference. I wasn't one of the purring ones. You can blow them. Come on, Grandma, let's go. Me? Yeah, you're the only grandma here. You got to give her a piggyback ride out. Her legs don't work so well. So she's on your back. Uh, Daimon has the Carpenter Copter outside the UFO. Hurry up, hold your breath. It's going to be a jump. So we jump out of the UFO. We jump into the Carpenter Copter. We save Nick's grandma. Her soul is fine. I didn't want to end on a sad, sad ending. So we saved the universe. The aliens are probably going to come and get you tonight, though, because you stole a grandma's ghost. Hey, that's on you. That's on you, right? I just do the episodes. I just created the situation where now purring sex pervert aliens are going to probably get you tonight, not me. Because I got a date with a ghost grandma, so I'm going to be real busy tonight. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day but I'm so glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend. I love you guys. I'll see you later. I don't know why I'm clapping. I am. I'll see you later, guys.